name of the Lord. Thank you, worship team, once again, the sound people, the media people for your sacrifice and service to the Lord. It will be richly rewarded. Amen. I'm saying it will be richly rewarded. Let's turn to the book of John. Today, this 40 days, within these 40 days, we'll endeavor to labor on the matters of the Holy Spirit. Because that is the theme of our season. Glory be to Jesus. That is a theme of our season. And we bless the Lord. Welcome, Ken and uh, your family. Jesus, mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, you're a Lakini tumejuana. Najua kimenyano ni kujuana. So tumejuana. Amen. John chapter 4. Verse number 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Your worship what you do not know, we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to talk about praying in the spirit or praying in spirit. Let me just put it that way. Praying in spirit. Worship is not only singing music. Worship is everything that consists of your life. There are different definitions of worship. But I would simply put it this way. That worship is what you do on a daily basis having God in the picture as the object of your service. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Meditation and life. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Worship is not an outward posture, really. Worship is a heart posture. Anyone who does anything inclining their hearts towards the Lord, motivated to please the Lord, to serve the Lord, to honor the Lord, whether it be singing, whether it be eating, whether it be reading, 
whether it be sleepy, <laughs> that person, or even working, whatever work you do, even business, and your heart is inclined to the Lord, that person is worshipping. That's why you'll find the word worship and service used interchangeably. Worship and service. When Jesus is being tempted, he says, uh, worship the Lord and serve him only. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us therefore uh, 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 worship the Lord. Other versions will say, let us therefore serve the Lord acceptably. When you go to Romans chapter 12, and it talks about, let us offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord. For this is our what? Act the, what is it? Uh, the right, uh, the holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Other versions will say worship. This is your what worship. Give me an IV. Hallelujah. This is your spiritual act of what? Of worship. So what you do is what worship is in your heart. Having consecrated the Lord in your heart. So prayer is worship. Is an element of worship. And here Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman. Who seems to have some theology. <laughs> the Samaritan woman says. Uh, we worship here on this mountain. And the Jews say. That worship should be done in Jerusalem. And he is asking this person who she now perceives might be a prophet. And she asks this person who is our Savior and Lord. So who is right? Who is okay? Who is doing it the right way? And Jesus tells her, a time is coming and the time is now. Where we do our worship. Number one, not ignorantly because the Samaritans worshipped what they did not know. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And that can be a crisis with many people. Praying to one they do not know. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Serving the one they do not know. And that's a crisis. And if Jesus says the time has come and the time is now where we will not worship in ignorance, then that must be a promise that we must assimilate and take over. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And it's important for each and every one of us to ask the Lord to help him or her to know who he is. And it is important. And it's not just normal knowledge. Because he goes further and says, the Jews worship what they know. But this knowledge is not the knowledge that God wants us to have. This is intellectual knowledge. This is what you'd call a, a theology of the mind. Intellectual understanding. And unfortunately, we find many people there. They worship the Lord intellectually. They know 
what the scripture says, but they really don't know the scripture. They don't understand. Praise be to the name of the Lord. They have the Christian language. They know how to lift up their hands. They know how to coin your voice when you are almost praying. Why, by the way, is it that when we are praying is not like the way we speak? Amen. <laughs> have you ever have you ever asked yourself that anytime you are about to pray, you change the way you speak? Hallelujah. Is is there a a prayer tone? <laughs> Hallelujah. We know the Christian language. When we meet a believer, we know how to address them. Uh, and the way not to address an unbeliever. Some of you are more freer when you are interacting with an unbeliever than when you are interacting with a believer. Because when you see Pasi around, you know Buanas, if you must begin the sentence. Hallelujah. But when you meet your casual friend, businesswoman, uh, Mama Jeremy, hey, Niaje. <laughs> but when you meet your fellow believer, ah, there are statements that you must begin crafting in your mind. And even if you had not read your Bible, you must pull out a scripture you read last week so that something might uh, be communicated to the other believer. We understand how to behave in church when everybody has seen us in church. Unfortunately, the tone by which we communicate in church when you meet some of us in our homes might not be that tone that we apply when you are communicating to our family members. You know, we have knowledge. But this knowledge is just intellectual, is head knowledge. What the old church fathers would call the theology of the mind, but not the theology of the heart. But Jesus tells this woman, a time is coming and the time is here with us. And the worship that will be seen in this time is the worship in spirit and in truth. Glory be to the name of the Lord. That worship will shift from ignorance and will shift from head knowledge away together. And now worship will be archived in the spirit of a man. It will be spiritual and it will not be in ignorance but in the truth. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Here is a shift towards genuine relationship with God. Praise be to the name of the Lord. It will not be structured according to what is dogmatic or what is written as religious. But people will be able to access the Lord and serve the Lord from their hearts. Yesterday I was just pondering and now understanding the crisis in the heart of David. Because when you read uh, actually Psalms 32 and Psalms 51, you begin to see the loss uh, that the Old Testament people had. Ya kwamba kuna kitu wali tamani kuwa nacho, lakini ya wakuwa nacho. Wanaiso siwe sana. The likes of David, the likes of the prophets, there's something they were looking towards for, but they did not have it. 
they struggled to have it. And that is what I'm saying, the theology of the heart. They could not get it. There was a veil. Their worship, and as much as we are amazed by the wonderful miracles that God used to do, the water splitting, how many would not want to see that happening? Hallelujah. You just want to go for a mission to Uganda and Lake Victoria just ta 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 na pita. Or you want to go to Zanzibar and the Indian Ocean obeys. Praise be to the name of the Lord for your honeymoon. Hallelujah. Don't need a visa. Don't need to walk on water. Praise be to the name of the Lord. You know, as much as the outward, much of the outward expressions, there is something they lacked. They lacked a heart experience. They longed for it. But they lacked a heart experience. Listen to me. Even the cleansing of their conscience was not there. Do you know that, by the way? They would only be cleansed outwardly. But their conscience would never be cleansed. Their hearts would be guilty. That's why when you read Psalms 51, David is crying. Take away your eyes and your face from my guiltiness. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. They could not worship the Lord with a clear conscience. It was far from them. The only thing that would be satisfied would be outward cleansing. That's why they had to be sprinkled with water. Sprinkled with blood. So that they would be ceremonially clean for the Lord. But they never had an experience of inward justification. Never had. And I was just thinking about it and I was asking the Lord, that is trouble. It's major trouble. Now I understand why they were looking forward for our time. Because I can tell you, and if you have not experienced it, child of God, you have not yet met with Christ. And you need to experience it. And that's why we are preaching here in Kasarani. That you can worship the Lord guilty free. With a clear conscience. Okay. If you are a New Testament believer. Not an Old Testament believer. That is one of the best. Best benefits of this side of the cross. That one, Elijah did not have it. Moses never saw it. Aaron never came near it. Even David, they never came near it. Because it could only be accomplished by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. The blood of bulls and goats cannot cleanse your conscience so that you worship the Lord acceptably. It is only the blood of Jesus Christ that has the ability to take the iniquities of the heart out, so that now your worship is not, that's why you could hear David always saying this, eh? according to my righteousness, according to my righteousness, because this was an outward thing, how well did I fast, how well did I give my offering, how well did I do my sacrifices, 
Let me tell you, Evans, when you see a man slaughtering over 20,000 bulls until the blood in Jerusalem flows like a river, do you know what they are looking for? A heart affirmation, Solomon. A heart affirmation. But even with those 20,000 bulls, until the blood flows like a river, they never got what we get by just lifting our hands and believing in Jesus. Hi. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you capturing where we are? That's why Jesus is telling them now, worship will shift. Not from this, not from, it will shift from this kind of operations where you worship in the mountain, worship uh, in a temple where your worship is domiciled in a place to a place whereby you can access God from the heart, not from a location. Hallelujah. And you can access God, not from a void concept, ignorance, but from a true encounter. In the truth. And every one of us in the New Testament, we are in the New Testament. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, in the New Testament. The New Testament is not in the pages of the Bible. We are the new, we are the people of the New Testament. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of the Lord. We of the New Testament, we should never settle until this is our reality. We don't fellowship with the concept of God. We fellowship with him. The Samaritans had a concept of God, which was faulty. The Jews had an understanding or a knowledge which was shallow, just intellectual, not hard theology. Glory be to the name of the Lord. That's why people, people like David, oh my God, would, would be so, what is the word? Uh, desperate, praise be to the name of the Lord, until in their Psalms they begin speaking like Jesus. Because the veil was still there. They begin saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Yes, the spirit is blowing over them. The spirit is moving in them, but there is a place they are limited to access. They can't access that place. Even the high priest himself, for him to access that place, he needed to slaughter a lamb and get with the blood of an innocent without blemish lamb and get in there but yet not access you you can come with your stilettos amen with your jeans with no slaughtering in a bowl Hallelujah. It was costly to come to church. Julazimu ngetayarisha kanini? Kambusi mahali. Kukuja kanisani? Haikuwa raisi. Hii tunakuja tu hivi. Mashadaka ya miyamoja. Eh? Na fefte. Iyo kitamu. Hebu tupigia yesu makofi tafadhali. Hai! Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Ken... Tukikutana na wewe Saturday ukikimbizana kule Ithorai atuniambia natafuta kakondoka kuja kanisani kesho mchungaji. Eh? 
nakimbizana na kakondoo kuna kakondoo nimetafuta kale nilikuwa nimepata last week kako na alama ya black hapa natafuta kale kako black kabisa ama white kabisa akakona mawa mahali na akajavunjika mguu God help us. So you see the kind of things these people are juggling with. There was a whole economy in Israel as a result of their worship. A whole economy was stirred up because of the temple worship of the Jews. Raising and grazing was a major agricultural, actually it was not agricultural, it was religious, a religious activity. Raising animals. Because you are raising them for the slaughter. And when it is the time for the festivals, oh, business would bloom. That's why Jesus enters Jerusalem. And he has to rush the money changers out and the sellers out of the court. Because this, their worship, had indeed created an economy around them. A natural economy around them. God help us. Look at what Jesus has done for us. He is now saying the worship will shift. The believer will be able to access me from a place of encounter and a place of the spirit. Not in a natural sense. Not in a carnal sense. Not in a worldly sense. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And unfortunately in our day and age people want to go back to this. That's the most unfortunate thing, Pastor Ann. That people still want to worship the Lord in a building. People want to worship the Lord using some substances. People want to access God and transact with God using some sacrifices. The other day I met people redeeming their firstborns. And we were called for a firstborn redeeming service. Firstborn redeeming service. That firstborns must be what? Redeemed. Or were you redeemed? Ask your neighbor. Probably you were redeemed. Evans, were you redeemed? You are a firstborn. No, I'm a lastborn. I'm okay. We, we don't need redemption. When I say, Last bonds are already redeemed. Eh? People are going back to funny things. You hear people say, unless you pray at a specific hour, intellectual, you cannot encounter God. That is never a language of a man who has encountered with God. It is all in the internet. What happens when you pray from 12 to 3? What happens? Intellectual. Let me tell you. When you encounter those who are there in the village. Who know who God is? The Bible says I write to you fathers. For you know him who was from the beginning. You meet with them. Those mamas. Who every word is list. List with the scripture. Every sentence. <laughs> Do you know those old shoshos? Who, who met God? They met God on their way in life. Every, every 30 minutes you must pray. It's like my mother in faith, Pastor Asunta. You cannot stay with her for 30 minutes when you have not prayed at least two times. 
That a minute, I count. You talk, you talk, you talk, and then you hear, Sasa. If it's not praying for her or praying for you, she will pray for another person. You know, people who are in close intimacy with God, whether you are in a car or you are in, a, in the church or you are walking. One time we were walking in town and she tells me, Kuja. <laughs> and she tells us, let's pray for three minutes here. In town. Who does that? Unless you have the theology of the heart. Unless you have an encounter. Unless you are in the truth. You meet those people back in the village. Those grandmothers who have met with the Lord. Their prayer life. Very seasoned. Very, very nice. And you shall carry that grace. Praise be to the name of the Lord. A theology of the heart. Where the Lord is present with you. You are doing it in the spirit. You don't begin charging when you get into these four walls. It is not about the best times to trap God. So God, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. That is foolishness. Praise be to the name of the Lord. A time is coming and the time is now when we must desire to have a genuine relationship with the Lord. Why is it that it is hard for the Old Testament folks to have such an encounter? It is because they lacked the promise. Did you hear what I'm saying? They lacked the promise. The promised Holy Ghost he is the one who cements the encounter of Christ in our spirits. That's why Jesus is telling this woman, glory be to him, that I have a drink that I will give you. That when you drink it, you shall not thirst anymore. That is a drink that David and the sons of Kohath were, were, were thirsting for when they say, as the deer panted for the brooks of the water, so does my soul long for you. As the watchman Waits for the daybreak. So does my soul yearn for you. David, David's heart was after the Lord. But unfortunately, people of God, you all know that David's heart never was with the Lord. It was after, but it never caught him like we would right now. That's why after he thirsts for him, he must get a bigger. And another one. And another one. Until they are almost 700. He was about there is an encounter they are seeking. They are not getting. They are frustrated. They learn to women. That's why Elijah, after slaying the prophets, oh my God, he runs away, parched and dusty, wishing to die. Because he has just served the Lord. But no genuine heart encounter. He has asked for the rain, but no genuine heart encounter. He runs and he says he would rather die. Because there is no satisfaction. There is no fulfillment of the heart. That's why Moses, at the very rock, that he should speak and the water comes out. He is angered 
and he hits the rock. Frustration. Why? It's an outward theology. But you and I can receive the joys and the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit to full satisfaction. That's why Jesus tells the woman, this water I will give you. You will thirst no more. And you will know how to worship me in truth and in the spirit. Your old fathers missed it. Why did they miss it? Because they did not know that God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and, and it comes to a moment whereby you must settle and ask yourself, how can I live as a believer and fully function as a New Testament convert and be effective without the Holy Ghost? It is impossible. Because it's only the Holy Spirit who activates your spirit to be able, he is the interface. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, interface. I know most of you are learned. He is a software. You are, God is the hardware, is the, is the person. You are the hardware. The Holy Ghost is the software. Is MS-DOS, is MS-Word, is MS-Windows, is Windows. He is Linux. Are we together? He is the one who interfaces and makes sure that the operator and the hardware called the laptop, the computer, can be able, or the phone, they can be able to do what? To interact. That's the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says now the Spirit of God, His Spirit bears witness. Let's go there. Romans chapter number 8. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How many of us understand now why Jesus is essential? How many of us now understand why Jesus had to die on the cross? How many of us understand why we had to be born now? It's a privilege. Sometimes we covet the experiences of these people, but I can tell you, they had a problem. They had a major problem. Moses had to go and melt a whole rod of brass and carve it into a snake and lift it up. Can you imagine? You are being beaten by a snake and you are being told to look at a snake so that you are healed, Jesus. In our day and age, you just need to kneel down and say, by his stripes, I am healed. Oh, Jesus, come and heal me. Can you imagine? You are being terrified by a snake. And then you are being told, look at another one. These people are really frustrated. God help us. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus had to come. And when he died on that cross, oh my God. When he died on that cross, he, the tent curtain broke from top to bottom. To give us full access. Then he ascended to the Father. And he told them, people of God, tarry in Jerusalem. Don't go. If you go, you'll go like Moses. If you go, you'll go like Elijah. If you go, you'll go like Joshua. You'll go like Joseph. You'll be frustrated. Tarry in Jerusalem until the promised spirit has come upon you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I said, blessed be Jesus. Romans chapter 8. Can you see this? Can you read one to go? The spirit himself. 
bears witness with our spirit that we are what? We are the children of God. Let me tell you, people of God, one of the things that is major when it comes to worshiping the Lord, to prayers, to devotions of whatever kind, is righteousness. Righteousness. What makes prayers effective, listen to me, what makes prayers effective, what makes your worship and your service to God effective, beneficial, satisfactory, is righteousness. What is righteousness? Knowing that the Lord accepts you. The Lord receives you. You are in right standing. That's what righteousness means. You are in right standing with the Lord. And how better would you stand rightly with the Lord unless you are his son? <laughs> Glory be to the name of the Lord. Sonship, and probably we are going to labor on this aspect of sonship uh, after the prayer festival. Sonship is the key to access to God. Sonship. The moment you receive the spirit of adoption that justifies you as a son before God, you are never limited in any experience that pertains Christianity. That's why this season we are crying that we may be filled with the spirit of Christ. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Probably some of you have not yet gotten. Why is Pastor telling us to pray about the spirit of Christ for 40 days? 40. See you in one hour. No, 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 no. I'm desperate that each and every one of you we will have a genuine encounter with the Lord. A genuine positioning with God. That you will be movable and shakable in your faith, in your profession, in your confession of this faith. You will be movable. Whether the storms rage, whether happenings come around your way, you will be secure in your positioning. Because it's only the spirit of the Lord who bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I am saying the time is now. I'm saying the time is now. Just like this woman, the time is now for us to begin praying in the spirit. In the second service, I'll be talking about praying in the spirit. The time has come for us to begin praying in the spirit because when we pray in the spirit, we are able to interact with the Holy Spirit and interact with God genuinely and our prayers become effective across the board. So that you will not uh, be quickened into prayer because you are in church. You will not feel like you are praying because you are doing certain religious gimmicks. You will have breakthrough even in your closet alone. Because you are worshipping in the spirit. As you walk along the way you can sort matters and issues. Because your spirit is in connection. You are in the truth. You have an encounter with him. The one you are calling is not a concept. I'm saying he is not a concept. He is a reality that you are fellowshipping with. Is the truth that you are encountering with. Glory be to Jesus. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just want to close with that. 
First Corinthians. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to him. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord. Sorry. Um, chapter, yeah, it should be chapter, chapter what? Is it chapter 2 or chapter 1? Chapter 2 should be chapter 2. Verse number 10. I want us to read together this. Hallelujah. I'm just waiting your appetite for this season so that when we say we are praying for this and this and we have already begun, we are in day four. Our days are beginning on at night, six. So we are in a new day that will end at 6 p.m. Amen. So because that's when we began our fasting. And, and God told me, I will move them from my breath to my wind to the fire. Then I will soak them with the water. That's where we are beginning. So that now we begin addressing matters specifically. Glory be to his holy name. Can we read this? But God has done what? Has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit does what? searches all things yes the deep things of god you can imagine what you're missing out when you don't interact with the holy spirit let's continue verse number 11 for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him so you're interacting with two things you're interacting with what is in you because your spirit knows what is in you more than even you know it with your mind and with your soul because the soul the mind is in the realm of the soul and also you're interacting with what is in god so the two are meeting what am i seeing here i am seeing hannah and i'm seeing god what is the deep thing that is in god God wants a prophet. What is the depth that is in Hannah? Hannah requires to bring forth a prophet for God. The two meet when the woman gets into the spirit. Where he is praying, but even the words that she is speaking are unutterable. The spirit takes over. Are we together? So, even so, no one knows what? The things of God, except the spirit of God. We will walk with much ignorance in our prayer if the spirit of God is not there. That's why we need to be full of the spirit of God. One verse as we stand up that strikes in my heart this morning. It came to me at around 12 yesterday night. The Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All, all of them, they were filled with the Spirit of God. And I began praying and asking my life, my, my God, can everyone in Life Church Kasarani be filled with the Holy Spirit? Can all be filled with the Holy Spirit? That question began to come out of my mouth at 12, at night. Can everyone be filled with the 
Holy Spirit. Let's stand up on our feet in the presence of our Lord. I don't know what your desire is, but I think all of us ought to be tired of living in the shallow end. Amen? We ought to be tired of living where? In the shallow end. We must begin living in the deep end where we interact with what is in the heart of God. Praise be to his holy name. What is what? What is in the heart of God? A theology not of the mind, but a theology of the spirit. That can only be accessed if the spirit of God comes upon us. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How can we miss this experience? Ask your neighbor, how can you miss it? How can you miss it? How can you miss it? I want you to make a prayer this morning, a genuine prayer from your heart. And ask the Lord, whatever it takes, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I think, listen to me. I don't know what you're ready to trade this morning. Whether it's your life, your lifestyle, your things that you may receive this gift of the Spirit. But let me tell you, He is worthy of it all and even more. You'd rather have the Holy Spirit and even lack clothes to wear, but have Him. You'd rather have the Holy Spirit and even lack a reputation, but you have the Holy Spirit. This is a promise of God. Jesus would have left many things to them, but this is what He left them, His Holy Spirit lift up your hands and just ask the Lord and just lift up because he says he will give us his spirit yes now lift up your hands and begin asking the Lord fill me with your spirit God I want to have you spirit of God 